We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to fight me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in X's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody do another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. To my left, Nathan P. Geary. What does the P stand for? Uh, Petty. I, I was going to say, can you remember? It's like, Patrick. It's Patrick. Yeah, but I like Petty better. I think I'm, I'm actually thinking about legally changing it to Petty. See, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, you strike me more as a Preston. Like that seems like, like the way you, the, the pompadour thing you do with your hair. Sure. The, 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 just, pompadour. I mean... I know. Oh, I know. Well, I started. I, I met you guys, and all of a sudden, Chris was like, "You know, that's that's a nice hairstyle." <laughs> what happened was that you knew you were coming over here, and you didn't want to challenge greatness. You're like, "I'm going to put on a hat." No, I worked from home that's, today, and because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to uh, do whatever you had to do to get inside your vehicle this morning. Chris, <laughs> now I, it's hilarious to me that this conversation started like this, it always does. and you two just inevitably went to hair. Nate, I told you via text that <clears throat> there's an intro to one of our shows that I've been waiting almost two and a half months to un- kind, of, kind of roll out, and you're the person I, I feel like you're best suited for it. Best suited for this. Okay. So my wife, she watches my a lot wife. of really horseshit, embarrassing TV when I'm, but she does it when I'm not home. Uh, so she she watches like reality TV. Well, so she like Love is Blind, The Hills. Okay, that's a, um, that's actually embarrassing. Yeah, I can't watch a dude with a fucking cowboy head on and a bolo eating sushi going, I just don't know what I want to do with my life. Shut the fuck up and go to work, asshole, like the rest mm. of us. Mm. Oh, my life is just so hard. Take off the cowboy You're head. on Netflix. You, you don't need a belt buckle. You didn't ride a horse here. <laughs> Stop it. Your life is tough because you're stupid. <laughs> So, she, you know, she watches that. She watches the uh, Dallas. She does watch the uh, making the te- like what making the cut. The Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders reality show. Uh, I didn't know it was a thing. I thought she, you were about to say Dallas Buyers Club. No, she watches. 
McConaughey too. She, so, yeah. she watches that show religiously. That's one after a couple, like a glass or two of whiskey. I'll watch with her. I'll be like, listen, I, I'm here for the showmanship. Listen, I think chummy, terrible reality love TV is grown on me more than I ever wished that it could grow on anyone. Like, Love is Blind is one of the greatest, greatest Netflix series that have ever out. It's I'll, so I'll take I'll take your word for it because I'll never watch see it. it. No, watch I, it. Won't watch it. We should do an episode not, about Love not, is Blind. Not 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 gonna. I, um, Drew, it's really listen. You know me. I am an intellectual, but I heckle. The problem is, is I'm watching that's the, the whole. That's uh, the best part is you make fun of them. That's the whole thing. That's why you'd like it. And that's what we're doing here tonight because this is the thing. Like all of these shows that she watches when I'm not home, she kind of tells me. She gives me the blow by blow, and I still make fun of it, but sure. she doesn't have to hear it. Well, she came to me like probably about two months ago, and she okay. goes, I had a realization the other night. Now, she refers to this program as the Jay Cutler Show. And again, this is why I love my wife. She watches the show very cavalry. Mm-hmm. That got canceled. But fast forwards through canceled. all of this. It's, they divorced. She fast forwards through most of the scenes that Jay Cutler isn't in. She calls it the Jay Cutler Show because that's what she's turned it into. Is she's like the only part of the show that's actually redeeming is when he's Isn't there and their sucks. relationship and watching their relationship dynamic. That's the only th- part of the show, I guess, that's fun to her. Now, this is what she says to me. She goes, I can't shake it. I've been watching. She's like, I've watched this show. Like, she's rewatched him. She's rewatched it like two or three times. Mm-hmm. She goes, All I see is Chris Krueger when I watch this show. Now, Nate, I'm about to put some images in front of you. This is this is Jay Cutler sitting at brunch. Way better hair. Okay. Okay. This is Chris Krueger, but look at the face, look at the facial features, look at the look at the mouth, look at the look at the face. Now hang on. Look at that stance. Dad bod. Kind of like a hand on a hip. Like a little puss in his face, yeah. Now it's in the eyes and the mouth and the nose. Like they're dead inside a little bit, yeah. Now look at vest. Now he's indoors, and mm-hmm. this is where she goes. It's she goes. It's even worse because of the wardrobe. Vest mm-hmm. inside the house. Mm-hmm. He hasn't left the house all day, but he's wearing a vest indoors. Mm-hmm. Dickhead with his hair done wearing sunglasses mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. That face right there looks like the face he's making right now. That that, that one might be the <laughs> that might be the kicker for me. Um. <laughs> True or false? He Chris. Not only his resting bitch face, but also is the Jay Cutler of the Rock Pile Report podcast. If he's Jay Cutler, what does that make you? A horse's ass? I don't know. Because uh, you're definitely not. I'm not Kristen definitely Cavallari. not Kristen Yeah. I don't know. But look at the, the the hair to the just kind of. I will say this, Chris. You know, as as a gentleman with you know who appreciates a good a good of course flow, a good do. haircut. There is Cutler had a pretty. He's got a nice lay to his hair. It falls nicely. He not only yeah. that, but he also wears chinos and boots inside of his house. Who else do we know who does that? Oh. Well, Nate can see my uh, entire yeah. shoe collection I'm, right here. I've 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 made in front of, of me. I've made guys. I'm going to need you to send those photos to yeah, me. I purposely didn't show you ahead of time. Well, I I'm gonna don't want you to look. See. I'm gonna need those because <laughs> right now we are we are filming. So hopefully this episode will be on YouTube. We're going to so, overlay. No, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to send you these to you to now. You need to send me these photos. Post, and it's going to be one of the greatest things. Yes. That, look at that face right there. This skeptical Chris face. He has it. The more you look it's at those chins. Chin, it's, it's the, the chin. chins that give it It's when he does one of these and he has yeah. a subtle double chin. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jay's got six there, but <laughs> yeah, well, that's a bad picture of Jay Cutler. Bad Jay Cutler, average Chris. Decent Kruger. Chris. <laughs> it's yeah. a decent Chris yeah, Kruger. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this has been. So you agree with me? It's not. It's it. not a. It's not a deep. It's not like a deep fake, but it's. <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's 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 fairly good. It's fairly good. Guys, I urge you, go check it out for yourself. Google Jay Cutler's face, and then Google Chris Rockpile report, and just look at the photos. Chris Krueger, any one of his photos, butt them up against one another. You won't be disappointed. I'll take that as a compliment. I don't think it's intended. Can you, uh, can you drink that cocktail I made? So, Chris? Nate, I'm a, because uh, Nate's bartending now. Nate, I'm a better bartender than well, you, FYI. I'm a beer tender. I'm not a bartender. So, oh. well, I was going to say, before I get my germs in it, here, sir. I mean, you did give me COVID once. So. I did, the first time <laughs> around. First time around, I did. You did give me COVID. Don't worry. I won't do that to you. I'll let you sip it first. Now tell me, is that something that you would drink if someone served it to you? You don't even tell me what's in it. Boy, that's complex. It's got like a pinkish orange tint to it. It's in a rocks glass with is one that, big ice cube. Down it's the hatch. smoky. It's very smoky. It, it almost has like a... Um, mm, so it's a clear liquor, but you're right. It is very it almost has, It's almost like a mezcal. Yeah. They did land one of the ingredients. All right, so mezcal. That's there. the smokiness you're getting is the yeah. mezcal. Yeah, because it didn't look like he smoked the glass, so it has to come from somewhere. So there's mezcal in here. Now, there's also a little bit of almost like a fruitiness to it, let me, though. Let me, let me get another ahead of this. And see, this is how we all get COVID again. <laughs> if we learned nothing, Nathan. If we learned nothing. What do you think? There's something there. I just can't put my finger on it's it. It's not. It's not. Is, it, is there simple syrup in there? No. Uh, and so that bitters? that's that's the that's the is it is it like a liqueur that I'm tasting? No liqueur. Uh, what about bitters? There is a dash of bitters. Okay. Yeah, but that bitters isn't isn't the no, sweet. No, but tasting. the and that's what I'm saying. There's one mystery. All right, Chris, what am I drinking? It's called a Oaxacan old fashioned. Okay, what's in it? Mezcal, tequila, agave syrup, and bitters. It's agave, agave syrup. syrup. It's the agave syrup that I was tasting. Yeah. See this fancy. That's a nice. That's a nice. It's a good flavor. I'm glad that I called out the mezcal right away. I could tell because looking at it, if you looked at it right now, you would maybe uh, just by the color, but it's probably the bitters that are that are bringing yeah. it to that color and the it's agave. A, and, and I don't. I didn't know it could be something whiskey. There could that's, be a level of whiskey. Well, that's in what it. I thought. I'm like, this is a whiskey drink. No, and then you hate that smokiness, and you go, no, that's not it. I like it. Now, here's it's what, interesting. Now, here's what I love. I'm drinking this fancy thing, but I swear to you, in less than an hour and a half, I will be drinking $13 a bottle Kentucky Gentleman out of this same glass. Okay. Because that's what kind of man I am. You're a complicated man. <laughs> or simple. I, 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 it's hard to pin down sometimes. You know what's funny? Complicated yet simple is kind of the theme of the Bills 2023 offseason as we approach free agency. Yeah. It seems simple, like, but it's also complicated, and there's a lot of complex issues here. Because you're talking about the Buffalo Bills, highly competitive team over the last couple seasons. Mm -hmm. And during that time, they've done a pretty good job of doing the thing I think Bean said that they set out to do, you draft talent and retain talent. That was his kind of stated thing to us, right? Like, I'm going to draft and retain talent. Poyer and Hyde. You signed him as free agents. Well, the, not when Bean was the GM, but with McDermott as the head coach. You identified them as targets in free agency, yeah. brought them in, and then extended them twice because you recognized them as core players. You know what team. they haven't done? Hmm. They haven't gotten a Poyer and Hyde. Not 
like safeties particular, but like undervalued players and yes. other places that elevated to all pro level players. Yes. Well, that's something. It's been a while. They also had to trade an extension for Stefan Diggs. Yep. Okay. They gave Dawson Knox a contract that in a year or two is going to be considered highly competitive. Like once you once you see a couple other tight ends get paid. Sure. I mean, Johnny Smith's signed a $50 million contract. He's going to get cut. So. Johnny Smith is fucking hilarious. Do you remember Funny. when Bills fans were screaming about how we didn't sign him? Yeah. And then the Patriots gave him 12 mil. And how'd that work out? Uh, like, I well. think 12 mil a year. Well. They gave extent. Well. They, they gave, got extensions done for Trey white, mm-hmm. Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano. Like those were homegrown cornerstone players. These are pivotal positions. You crafted a quarterback extension that for what it is now, when you look at where... When they're talking about where Lamar Jackson is talking about asking for more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, yeah, it's going to be a... a year. It might be a deal right now, depending on what Daniel Jones gets. Don't even get me started about that. Like what Daniel Jones getting a contract extension of the size they're talking about, it's the Cosmo Kramer of quarterback contracts. You've been terrible your whole career, and then you had one good season, and you're going to fall ass one backwards into more money. pretty good season. I wouldn't even say good. And you're going to fall ass Decent. backwards into more money than quarterbacks far goes, superior to you didn't get. It just goes to show you, though, like the poverty level of the quarterback position in the league. I mean, guys like that get paid because what's their alternative? They're, they won too many football games to be in a position to really get one of the top guys in the draft. And what are you going to do? You're gonna, are you going to give him four? I, I don't think I, I would be surprised if they land on forty five million dollars is the number. I think somewhere between thirty five and forty. Um, it, because well, what I love is it, I think I like the conspiracy theory out there. I think I saw Brett Coleman tweet it where he said, I've seen this before. I guarantee he's like, I would put money that this was floated. This rumor was leaked by the Giants just to test the waters and kind of like, hey, we're going to give everyone sticker shock now yeah, right. so that they feel like they're getting a deal when we sign it for 36. I it's, mean, it's kind of treating your fan base like Marks, but also signing Daniel Jones to that contract is treating your fan base like Marks. I just I, I think about it this way. Like if he gets 38, which I think would be the number that I think you would have to swallow on that. You get thirty-eight for Daniel Jones. What are you, you know, like? What are you gonna, you gonna go get Derek Carr? Is Derek Carr elite? Yes. <sighs> I hate you. Nate, see that face that he's making right now. It's every Jay time Cutler, he brings shitty. That's what I'm saying. Face, there it is. Yeah. It's the Jay Cutler face. He yeah. does it all the time. Shitting and grin. I can't unsee it. Ever since my wife said it. So my wife. The the thing about Allen is that he's got flexibility. It is built into his contract. We just talked about this. I was filling in in the afternoon show. We had Mike Giannetti from Spotrek on. See? And I asked him, when does the parachute get pulled on that contract mm-hmm. for Josh Allen? He doesn't think it's this year. No, probably not. Uh, Kansas City didn't pull the parachute last year, or this year, on, yep. on, on Mahomes yet. And yep. Mahomes has got an even friendlier, long-term, kick-the-can-down-the-road down mm-hmm. type of contract than Josh Allen does. All I know. But the flexibility that are built into not just that contract, but guys like Dawkins, guys like Milano, if you wanted to do an extension and then kick some money down the road, Trey White, you've got options. Bean has done a really good job of giving himself options. Yeah. They're going to need that, right? Because everyone talks about the restructuring. What you just said, I think, is maybe most interesting. Do you extend a guy like Matt Milano right now? I would. Is he eligible? Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming so. You Well, you already extended him once. Do you have Two to Two years wait? ago. Do I'm not sure if you have to wait. wait? I would don't that, think so. No, I don't think so either. You could extend him 
uh, an extra year. You could give him an extra year on his contract. Hey, Cutler, and why don't you Google that for us? It's worth a Google. Uh, give it a Google. Um, so what I would say is this. You know, do, we talked last week in our salary cap primer. Well, they could definitely, they could, they could extend him for sure. See, they so could extend him right now. So you could do it today, and you could clear shoot. You could probably clear ten million off of his cap hit this year by extending him to twenty twenty six or something, giving him a two year extension. And tell me, he's not a player you don't want on your team. Oh, yeah, hell so yeah, this is what is. I mean. Like, there's Bean has done a good job identifying talent, watching that talent grow, signing contracts with flexibility built into them, and giving himself options. And they're going to need that because last week we did our uh, salary cap primer. Guys who've listened to it are familiar with the idea that we have viable options to gain meaningful cap space. I think Greg Thompson all overall got fifty million. Uh, yeah, you could if you needed to get if, 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 like nuclear. We're going to st- we're going to be buyers and we're going to try to win the Super Bowl next year. Rams, why, why Rams style, that? fuck the consequences. Well, it's not just the Rams. The Niners did it. They didn't win it this year, albeit, sure. but they had a very unlucky quarterback situation. Oh my god, you can't lose that many quarterbacks. Like that's, I, uh, do the do the 49ers win that game if Brock Purdy is healthy that entire game? I'd say it would be way more competitive. It would have been more competitive. I mean, I was sick and making chili that day, but I, 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 I guess I'm. Sure, I'm I not want, saying I it's would, a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a terrible concept. I would love to take the temperature on what people think about the Bills doing, not necessarily a Christian McCaffrey type trade for a running back or something, but like going all in. Mm-hmm. And tr- first of all, they can't hit on second round picks. Why don't you go trade a second round pick? Go get somebody. But restructure everybody. Get fifty million in space. Go sign. Go go trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Resign to uh, Edmonds. And I'm going to credit you for this. I'm, when we're done here tonight, I'm going to put up a poll. I'm going to correct you and Greg, and we're all going to get together, and we're going to see what the result is. Let's let's test the temperature of the How, fan base. Te- are, is every, would everybody would would you rather stay the course and be conservative, or would you rather do what the Niners did? Do what? Wait, cons- conservative. That's that's the hallmark. Is that, is that the word of the day? That's the hallmark of this franchise, isn't it? I don't it? like it. I didn't know. I know. And I know that some of that's overblown. Like, I've seen the fourth down stats where everyone goes, well, Sean McDermott's not as conservative as you Stop it. it it's, it's, a, it's something that you think about, right? You go, this team has not gone all in. And you almost wonder if the window for them to take a shot like that might be getting away from them. Yeah, it might be. So, so with that... They've got a lot, you know, but behind the final the financial gymnastics, mm-hmm. there's a broader philosophy and some philosophical things that they're going to have to decide before they go out and try to sign players. Do we want to try to be the team that says, fuck it, franchise tag Tremaine Edmonds and let's go spend $30 million elsewhere, put the best team we can in the field and try to win it all like Major League? Like, Major League, Lou Brown, we're just going to win the whole damn thing and whatever happens next year happens. Like, I'd be good with that. I, I think that there's some ways the Bills might need to adjust some of their long-standing approaches to roster building, and you just hit on a huge one. And in some cases, going to uncharted waters for the first time. Like, like the team is in a position we haven't seen them in since what we were children. Yeah, like, they should, hey, you they should also trade at Oliver. Hey, listen. So dead money, and there's a numbers game. Yeah. There's good news. The Eagles lead the NFL right now. Forty-six million in dead money on their books. Who's that going to? <laughs> I think it was a lot of the t- like weird offs, like random Indomitian Sioux signings that they were like, "Well, we got to fit you in, so we're going to give you this and then give you a void year." 
you're going to count five million. Pull up the Eagles cap situation, God, Chris, how, if you how could. Did, how did they get that out of hand? Chris, if you pull up the uh, team salary caps and look at the Eagles, it'll give us a breakdown of how this got out of hand. But they have more cap space than the Bills on paper. There's still a massive portion of the 2023 cap that, unlike Buffalo, is being allocated to players not hey, on the Seuss, roster anymore. Fletcher Cox. Yeah. How is he counting against dead cap? Hargraves no, no. A free, yeah, there it is. Hargraves at, Hargraves at D, uh, Jesus, they have... $26 million in dead cap at the defensive tackle position? Yeah. How hilarious is that? Bradbury, 4.9. I, I I guess I'm confused how those guys are counting against that. They're free agents. Hargrave and Fletcher Cox are both free agents. Probably because they took, it's almost like void years. They're free agents because you voided mm. their contract, but you did it with money on the books so you could get them in. That's crazy. So you got them in. The, again, they went all in. They went whole hog and said, we need these players, and whatever the consequences are, we'll eat it. Well, they're doing that. Meanwhile, Buffalo only has $1.6 million, the eighth lowest dead cap money in the league. They got no space. That just goes to, I mean, they're just, they're allocating a lot of money to rostered players. Th- that's what I'm good. saying. They have a healthy, albeit uh, uh, relatively difficult cap situation, in terms of health, they yeah. can afford to, they, they have all of their, quote, kick the can down the, down the road options. All available to them. Dawkins. Sure. Tredavious White, Von Miller, Matt Milano, let Mitch me, Morris. Let me run this by you. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before. Their number of free agents off last year's team is fucking wild. 21 players that made up the final 53 in the practice squad from last year are unrestricted free agents. And three of them are restricted free agents. So 69, right? 69 players. You're talking about 24 Anybody out there doing quick math in your head, that's 35% of last year's roster is on the street right now. Mm. That's a fucking problem. Considering I they don't have a lot of room. No. So how do you end up negative cap space and 35% of your roster's gone? <laughs> like, this, is a, this is a problem. Uh, it, how? It's, it's Josh Allen. I mean, that's And then you think about the makeup of the roster. Uh, right now, there's wide receivers mm-hmm. on the roster under contract. Um McKenzie, if he's a cap casualty, I he think the be. number's three. He'll be gone. I think the number becomes three wide receivers under contract. One of them who was a practice squatter last year. I think one, she, one that has got one more year and is likely not going to get a second contract in Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Uh, on the offensive line, every depth player we had is a free agent. And Saffold played like a fucking backup. Oh, God, he's terrible. Like, they need at least one new starter and a whole wave of depth options. Yes, sir. Special teams, okay? They're going to be missing all three of their top players from last year in snap percentage, right? And we don't have a fucking punter. Line- Sam Martin will come back. They, Line- they got to extend Tyler Bass. He's going to make some money. Yes. He's going to make a little bit of money. Linebacker, Matt Milano's the only one under contract to start more than five NFL games in his career. And I'm not interested. I, 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 are we going to get to an Edmonds conversation? Because yep, okay, I figured we might. Yep. I'll wait till that. Safety. A lot like linebacker, Hyde's the only one that you could ever see. Or Zane want. Gonzalez or Zane Anderson, whatever the guy's name is. They just signed, the is he not doing it for you? Is, it's like a Zane whatever, Wagana, yeah, whatever, whatever your name is. I don't know. <laughs> whatever your name is, it doesn't matter. I'm not learning it. Hyde's the only one you ever want to see in a Bills uniform on game day. So what does that say about your safety position? This is why like, their dead money number is low, and yet they've got all these holes at really key yeah. positions. Of all these units, Nate, which one's the most distressing to you? Wide receiver. Okay. I don't give it one damn about the defense anymore. 
Well, I don't give I don't give a <laughs> shit about the defense anymore, dude. I'm so done. That's why, like, I the Edmonds conversation, um, uh, trade at Oliver. I'm good with all of it. Did, they need to divest from the defense. Uh, do they, so, does the spot track give you the percentage breakdown of cap uh, offense versus defense? Yeah. No, you can go to Chris. I think if you go to uh, positional spending, positional spending, right there. Yeah. Is it? Is it? So, is, so Nate, well, I bet you it's very, very much fifty-fifty. Nate, while he pulls this up, there it is. What is it? One twenty-two to one sixteen. So it's fifty-four to fifty-one. Yep. I would like to see not not only. And you have a franchise quarterback. I'd like <laughs> right. You who, who counts for seventeen percent of that? <laughs> um, no, yeah. Give me honestly though. How mad can you be that the they're eighth in offensive cap dollars? Yep. I'd like him to be first. Well, this is it. Like, there's money on there. There is money being spent. Don't act like there isn't, but you have a franchise quarterback. There's a lot of teams that would kill to be in your position right They're now. They're spending the fifth most money in the NFL on defense. So this? Just for them to choke and on he- every big game situation. And this is where, I, I'm clapping, because this is where we get to talk about Sean McDermott and the fact that we inevitably, as a co- as a coaching staff, as a franchise, as a fan base, have to confront the harsh realities of NFL football in 2023. Sean McDermott is a successful head coach. Yeah. Sean McDermott is a stubborn head coach, despite all existing evidence. He's like us. He, yeah, Chris, stubborn. Well, what is it? Handsome, but stubborn. He's, Chris, he's Mac. You know how I always say I'm Mac? He's Mac. I'm dug in. <laughs> I, these, I'll never change. They're, they're trying to, these guys are trying to slander me. Guess what? I'm dug in. And I'll never change. And I don't have to. Yeah, nerds. I'm an American. Nerds get nowhere in life. <laughs> Both things can be true, Ronald right? McDonald, he's, a, he's a successful coach. He's a highly regarded coach. He's also a stubborn head coach. Jesus. How about this? His love affair with special teams players. Let's talk about this. Third most cap space. Okay. You, you want to know how you end up in this position? He's prioritized the signing and retention of core special teams players over the last few years. Tyler Matakavich, Saran Neal. Reggie Gilliam, Taiwan Jones. Well, I like Reggie Gilliam. They just they don't use. No, him no, anymore. no. They don't. Jake Kumaro. Yeah, he can. Suck Obviously, it. May, maybe the the plan was for him to contribute more to offense. But he can suck it. Realistically, he's not a good. He would have been a starting Who wide receiver. Is Desmond Pat Patman Pat Patmon? Nobody I ever hoped to that see is on the that, fucking field. Good lord. Yeah, exactly. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. That wide receiver depth chart is ugly. They have. Their quarterback accounts for more of a cap hit than their entire receiving room does. And one of their guys accounts for 8% of the 13. <laughs> All right, go sign Robert Woods. And then... I love this. Ah, I love the animosity. No, 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 because we need Jake Kumaro. Or at least that's what he's been selling us. And that's what this franchise has been selling us year over year over year. And I get it. It's because the coach has this belief that I need core special teamers every year because special teams have to be solid. Well... We were the highest-ranked special teams unit in the NFL last year. Someone tell me what the fuck that's worth. KC and Philly, neither finished in the top ten. There were three playoff teams this year that finished in the bottom five of the NFL. And special teams? Special teams. Hmm. Who gives a fuck about special teams? And yet the Bills are making it a priority. They Punter tra- and kicker. That's, they and, traded and long for snapper. Na- that's, tra- all, that's all you should be investing in They traded for Naheem Himes, and everyone goes... Oh, great. He's going to have this utility. He does this well. He does that well. He's a runner in this sense. All the fucking film nerds just couldn't wait to rush to gather film and talk about ways he could be used and whatever. 
How many fucking touches did he see? Okay, okay, yeah, but that's a conversation for another day. Okay. You brought him in and gave him your primary snaps at special teams and didn't really give him an opportunity to be featured anywhere else. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So, say it louder. <laughs> Gotta say it quietly. You can't make me. I don't think Ken Dorsey's that good. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, okay. you have this thing, and I guess the question is, when can we stop sinking money into a unit that doesn't matter? First of all, he said unit. <laughs> Secondly, uh, why don't you keep coughing away over here, guy? What, you already got COVID? No, yeah, you gave it to me just now. Again? Um, yeah, I, it's, it's funny when you look at it. They, they spend money. It's just to me, like, at what point do you say – a lot of this has to do with – listen, Ed Oliver is, sticks out like a sore thumb to me. His entire contract's guaranteed. If you trade it, it's zero dead cap money. And you could, you could give up – you could make $11 million in space without – and you give up on a player, let's be honest, that you're not, you're not committing to him long term. You're whoa, not. Whoa, 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 but Nate, Nate. Okay, so first of all, you're in agreement, agreement with me, right? Can we punt special team spending into the fucking sun? Oh, yeah, I thought we were over that. I thought we okay, agreed no, no, no. on it. I thought, I thought we were Because now you say Ed Oliver, it's right here in front of me. Uh, Defensive-minded head coach. It, you, I had, you'd I had expect, a caller. You'd expect the draft to skew defense, right? You'd a caller. Yeah. I, well, I, I know I had a caller that said, if you have a defensive-minded head coach and a veteran defensive coordinator, wouldn't the idea be that you could get more from less on the defensive side of the ball? that you'd want to stack stock the cupboards offensively because your head coach is a defensive guru and in theory should be able to develop guys and get more out of them than other teams were capable. And early on, you got that from Micah Hyde. You got that from Jordan Poyer. And now you really don't. Drunk note on my phone from the other night. Your D is great. <laughs> of course. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. My D is great. Every regular season, you have a defensive head coach. Your offense is good. You're very handsome. I uh, like your mustache a lot, and you have a franchise mustache. That is true. Those are those are your drunk notes, your drunk thoughts. My, my drunk thoughts. Is, is, I think Elf's going to be – I think he's going to be uh, – He's going to be offended. He's going to be offended that, that he's not the most out, handsome guy stepping on, out on, on your notepad. My thing was, drunkenly <laughs> typing away on my phone, I just showed it to Nate. If if it's if your defense is this good, like or if your offense is this good without any sizable investment or quality offensive line play, imagine how far you could get if it did. And also, like, like that's like stop stop. Let me ask you a question. Neglecting that side of the foot. Let me ask you a question. If they traded at all, <coughs> would you be good with them taking an interior defensive lineman in the first round? Okay. Now this is where me and Greg Thompson he had one of his moments. Greg Greg loves to step in, but also I kind of know I'm I'm forcing him to. Sure, I like knowing that I can I can do a thing to Greg that very, he and I have talked about it at length. He's like I know people. He goes I don't get mad at anyone. He's, he, he gets mad at me sometimes. Has, me and him me and him get mad at each other. Here's why: because he doesn't like it when people that he views as being intelligent on a certain topic say, say dumb things, shit. Say dumb shit like me and you do. <laughs> Yeah, throw, throw one of those in and keep drinking. <laughs> I will. I'll drink right through this cough drop. I like your D, Nate. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. When you look at the draft investment, he's been a head coach here for six seasons. Five of those drafts, Josh Allen notwithstanding, they took their highest piece of draft capital and invested it in a defensive player. Yeah. How many of them have been on the line? 
All of them. Rousseau, Basham, Epinesa. You start looking at this and you go, you guys are putting top 60 picks into... The, okay, so you have three stinks, of them on the D-line. Stinks, Decent. In Epi- Decent. In, in, uh, Rousseau. Rousseau, yeah. Like, you're getting there, but you're also not... Get, what are you getting for your return on this? You just keep sinking assets at Oliver. You keep sinking assets into this one unit. What are you getting for your return? Yeah. It hasn't been anything earth-shattering. You're not getting a Bosa. You're not getting a... I don't know. There's been, and I'm not saying they're bad players. What I'm saying is, you're doing yeah. this, and meanwhile, you're basically saying to Josh Allen, "Hey, here's some bullshit. Make it work." What I don't love about investing in defensive line is investing in defensive line at the 27th pick, at the 29th pick, at the 30th pick, because that's not where the elite level defensive Thank line you. are being. Picked. And if you're not, and if you're not getting an elite level player, then pick and another also, position. Well, exactly. Also, three of the four largest largest investments of cap space last offseason. Defensive lineman. Like, yeah. come on. At a certain point, this becomes malfeasance, right? Hey, I've got a quarterback who I think might be just as good. Like, if Patrick Mahomes is there and Josh Allen, like, you can argue over who's 1A and like who's one who's one and 2. But they're in the top three, correct? Yeah, and oh. their, def- their interior defensive line accounts for 12% of their salary cap. Thank you. And outside of Daquan Jones, they could all go. Yeah. Most of them would not be noticed if they left. Now they would be. That's I'm I'm be, that's a little hyperbolic. I'll admit that. But then this is what I say: You've sank all these assets into the fucking defense. What have you gotten for your money? We're talking about return on investment. Mm. The 2020 AFC title run, they gave up more than 430 yards twice. They gave up 62 points in three games. Uh, if you count their loss to the Bengals last month against Kansas City, the Bills have allowed over 400 yards of opposing offense four times in seven games, and they've given up an average of 32 points in those games. The fuck are we talking about? We're a lot of money for that. What am I getting for my money? Couldn't you get that if you paid $20 million less to your defense? You could get those exact same numbers. Did you ever see? You ever see the movie The Big Short? <laughs> It's fantastic. It's movie. an amazing movie, it's unbelievable. guys. I get drunk and watch it while my wife's sleeping next to me. Dude, on the that is for sure the the movie Cheers. a man watches when his when his wife and or significant other won't watch it. Yep. Luckily now I'm single, so I sit in my like I, I now I get to dictate everything that's on TV. Yep. And The Big Short is like on a short list of movies. It's an that amazing I'm go film. To. Shawshank, The Big Short, in that order. When I looked, when I saw those stats as I was getting ready for this conversation. I now understand the feeling of the guy who walks into Bills Christian Bale's offense and goes, give me my fucking money back. Yeah. No, 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 no. I know you think you're smart. I know you, hey, you got your algorithm. Give me my fucking money back. We are Christian Bale. And, <laughs> the Bills and, and are Christian Bale. We, no, we, you and I are Christian Bale. Uh, we're saying, yo, this shit's going to pop, and you should do this. Stop doing that. Well, yeah. And, and the, and, um, uh, Brandon Bean is uh, is every uh, every person with scoffed multiple mortgages. Oh yeah, who scoffed? And then they said, "No, no, let's take yes. out more. Let's create multiple more mortgages. mortgage debt." Yes. So realistically, does this drive this home, Chris? You're sitting here listening to us yell at each other about this at this critical juncture as a football team. It's time to start utilizing the resources we have, both in terms of draft capital and especially UFA dollars, towards helping the offense. Considering that all of our investment hasn't really yielded results when it matters. Correct or incorrect? That makes perfect sense. We should start sinking some money into the offense. 
That was a full sentence. I thought he was just going to say yes. No, I know. I'm, I'm shocked. Chris, yeah. pat yourself on the back. Yeah. You, you outdid yourself this time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love breaking his balls because he just... All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Cool. No, because that's his way of letting me know, like, you're going to pay for this later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to put something in your next in your next cocktail. No, it won't even be that. He'll just come back with either, some, either something cocktail. shitty or he's going to... Oh, God. I've had to bite my tongue on a lot of things. Like what? I'm not going to even go there. He's got a list that's on his phone, and it doesn't include complimenting my D size. He, he's mad that I started the show with him looking like Jake Elder. I'm going to get... I'm, no, I'm, I'm no, sure No, dude, that's... I will take looking like Jay Cutler. He's a good-looking man with a lot of money. He dated a, He was married to a supermodel. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Chris, you look like the guy that dated a supermodel. Oh, damn, Drew. Yeah, that's really... The... You piece of shit. Yeah, how, listen. I've outkicked my coverage how many times in my life? You've seen it with your own two eyes. Not with Brittany. Ah, uh, Brittany was... <laughs> Brittany. So talk, yeah. talk to me about Brittany. Who's Brittany? Oh, uh, we'll figure Is that out. Is she an ex? I'll tell yes, you. She, After that, the show? That's, that's actually how, the reason we know. That's how we know each other is his ex-girlfriend and my ex-wife were best friends. And and similarly. And then, and then you both you both upgraded. Yeah. yeah. I forgot oh, Chris. By you, know, you know what's funny? As I forget Chris was married. Right. Because he doesn't strike you as the marrying type. Yeah. No, no, that's you'll not have, why. That's not why. You'll, ha- you'll have to... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if Drew wants to discuss it on the podcast, but you'll have to ask Drew about uh, Brittany, a roast beef sandwich, oh and a whip. Oh, Jesus. No, <laughs> yeah. that's a story for another day. Listen, you know, the podcast <laughs> listeners, they might deserve to know this. Guys, but... that's, that's Patreon material right there, Chris. <laughs> so, so OnlyFans material, I But guess. there is, outside of that story, there's one other 800-pound gorilla in the room. Okay. Rookies and rookie usage. Here's yeah. here's oh, one of the God. biggest problems why, that the why Bills are. Why don't you get me started on shit that I yeah. try to bury down inside of me? The reason that we spend so much is because McDermott has proven, and everyone keeps saying, "Well, not not really." Uh, he God, doesn't utilize rookies unless he has to, and those defensive players he keeps drafting happen to be at positions where we quote unquote have to. White Neelam, both of them were taken because they were positions of need. Rousseau, Epinesa, Oliver. All at the time they, that they blew their drafted. load a year early too. By the way, this cornerback yes. class, yes, they, they could have got one by trading back and still getting a really good one this year. Meanwhile, but I, get I get it. Rookies on the offensive side of the ball, like Allen was going to be benched for Peterman. That was the fucking plan. And if Peterman didn't, Peterman, Peterman, crash into the side of Mount Peterman, 
Turn like, on channel that's 13. It. We wouldn't have had the jump over Anthony Barr. We never would have gotten to see that. Because Josh Allen would have... you think been... Nate Peterman could have done that? <laughs> Singletary <laughs> was entrenched behind Frank Gore for the first half of his rookie season. Yeah. Knox actually got utilized, saw 50 targets, but his competition was Tyler Croft. Lee Smith. Lee Smith. He might as well be an offensive tackle. Give me like, a break. We cannot remember Lee Smith. The most frustrating one, right? Like, everyone's watching this Gabe? past year. Watching oh, this one, Shakir. And Cook. Shakir and Cook. Yeah. Cook, legitimate open field weapon, running back with speed. On a team that desperately needed it. Did you did you see did yeah. you see the the stats behind uh, Khalil Shakir's open rate versus man coverage? I was just about number to say, one amongst all rookies. Amongst all, better than offensive rookie of the year uh, Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Mel. Yeah. How much can, can, can I ask you this question? Can I mind? ask you this question? Is that Sean McDermott's fault, or is that his positional well, slash coordinator's fault? And so this is what happened. Because I think if when have people, you watched Hard well, Knocks, have you watched Hard Knocks? Yeah. I think Hard Knocks gives you a good view. If it gives you one thing, it gives you the understanding of how coaching hierarchy works. Well, exactly. And so this is why, last, like last week, when we were talking about, like we did a pretty straightforward podcast about the coaching decisions, why certain certain position coaches were allowed to leave, or whatever. I go back to when Rick Dennison, when Rick Dennison Jesus. was fired as soon as this thing was over, yeah. my takeaway from that was the offense wasn't humming. Somebody got true. somebody got in Sean McDermott's ear and said, "Hey, in order to run this offense, you know what we need is a quarterback change." Who do you think comes to a comes to a coach and says, "Hey, our offense is okay, but it could be more if you coach? did this." There was a quarterback coach and there was a coordinator. Both of them were jettisoned into the sun as soon as the season ended. Who was the quarterback's coach under Denison? Guys, Call in if you know. Not Sean Tierney, right? No, Tierney came over yes. with Dable. Yes. Chris, why don't you find that for us? But meanwhile, those two both got fired directly into the fucking sun because they, Sean McDermott, like most coaches would, felt like you guys let me down. You guys sucked. So this season, yeah. when he's got Chad Hall, Chad Hall, he's basing his decision on who, listen, who gets playing time. How? What's our? What, what am I going to yeah. approve? It's coming Especially from Especially with a defensive minded head coach. And it's coming from he's he's giving his cues to his coordinator and the position coach. So when they come to him and say, Listen, Mackenzie in the slot, that's the answer. That's the thing we like. It's the thing we think is gonna work. You can't David Lee. David Lee! <laughs> I, actually I'm not I'm not sure that I know who David Lee is. Could you click on him? So this is what I love. I, thought was, I was thinking David Cauley, but yeah. I'm wrong. Here you and I were. And this is why it's fun having you in the studio for this. We were both whiskey drunk, riffing on the Chiefs and talking about all these rookies and blah, blah, blah. You, me, whiskey drunk? Doesn't sound like us. They lost Tyreek Hill and they're building their roster around all these rookies and everything's going to suck. Everything was weak. No, it's David Culley. It was David Culley. Yes. They're getting way too much credit. Blah, 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 blah. And then those assholes proceed to win a fucking Lombardi trophy while featuring the highest rookie snap percentage in the entire league. Meanwhile, going into Bills, going into the playoffs, the Bills were the 24th, mm. right? Even though they had nine rookies on the team, but they were 24th in rookie snaps. Also, the Chiefs, and this is my favorite thing about people that say, well, it's hard to draft well when you're drafting in the end of the first round all the time. And I'm like, well, the Chiefs draft well every year. Every year. They got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round when the Bills, can I ask you this? Had the Bills drafted 
I don't know who was available in the second round when the Bills traded back. Whatever. If they tra- if they drafted Sky Moore, I know he probably went before the Bills drafted, but let's say they didn't trade back and they trade they they drafted Sky Moore in the second round last year, and then they got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh. Okay. How much different is there? Even if they didn't win the Super Bowl, if we're sitting here today saying they got Sky Moore and, and Isaiah Pacheco, and they got Pacheco in the seventh round, and he's making two hundred eighty six thousand dollars, what are yeah. we? What are we saying? Yeah, no, it's it's again, it's an indictment. What, of, would it, what would it even spending? have mattered, Drew? Because what if either of them played? <laughs> well, that's and that's I guess the this is the question here. So for KC, when they were making those, two, it was a lot of it was cap driven, right? They put all their money in their defensive line, and it fucking worked. Like. The cap situation de- dictated that they had to start rookies at positions they normally don't. Now, here's the question I have for you. This finally looks like a season where no matter what we draft, McDermott's going to kind of be forced to play rookies. doesn't matter where they are, unless it's on the defensive line again, which I'll fucking snap. I'm sure people will riot. But I'll snap if at all. If they trade at Oliver, I'm good with them drafting defensive line. I really am. Okay. I really am. Okay. I if, really am. With the contingency that if he's traded to free up those cap dollars, then you're okay with it. Now, I guess the question is, knowing that they're inevitably going to make moves to free up cap space, like you're talking about with that Oliver's uh-huh. trade and everything else, do you think that based on the position, first of all, if they do go with what fans are yelling for, an offensive heavy draft. Do you foresee a world where those players, unless they're offensive linemen, actually see the field? I'm sorry, say that again. Offensive line is a need for the Bills. Everyone knows that. Yeah. You need someone to push Spencer Brown. Yeah. And you need somebody to play guard for you because mm-hmm. you're not bringing back Roger Saffold. That's right. That, that, first of all, they, they better not. That can't happen again. Um, so you're probably, and then you also have to have some kind of an idea of what's going to happen after Mitch Morse. Like you need to start laying the I foundation. Totally, for I that totally now. agree with that. So can I tell you? Can I tell you what I think the smart move is? What's that? Ryan Bates. Okay. Playing so center. You, so now you're maybe investing in two guards or a guard. And I, a I think you can do that. I think Perfect. Bates gives you a lot of flexibility to draft Perfect. the best guy at the position you're going to take him at. Now, outside of drafting offensive linemen, yeah. Running Which backs, wide I'm receivers. Not they can do, but go ahead. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Do you think that even if the team spends draft capital on them, they will see the snap share that they probably deserve? History would tell you no. Um, but this we'll is where s- Greg Thompson will sweep it and go. Well, he's like Oscar from The Office. Sometimes I love Greg. I love him. He is a lot like he's like a straight Oscar. But he'll sweep it and go. Well, actually, you know, just because you say it hasn't happened yet, look at all the things. Sh- everyone says this about Brandon Bean, and he eventually comes in and does the thing. Greg, when you inevitably listen to this podcast and then text Greg about or uh, text Drew about him <laughs> talking shit about you, I love you, and I would never say such defamatory things about your character like he is. But you're, you're, I would. Hey, whoa, whoa! He did let me be on a podcast this week with him with Mike Camerlengo, which was awesome. I tried my hardest not to fanboy out while I was doing it. Um, it was a lot of fun, but also I couldn't help but disrespect Greg a little bit because he was wearing a hoodie with a suit coat. I've seen that move I don't, before. I, I don't want to get into this. I think it's a great look. I don't want to get into yeah, this. You know I don't want to get into yeah, this. You know who else? I'm the best looking one here, guys. I'm the best looking one here, and if I say know it who, goes, it goes. I'm just going to say this. Do you know who else pulled the hoodie with suit coat look? Tyrone Biggums. That's all I'm going to say. Tyrone Biggums did it. I do want to point out, though, that I think I may have exceeded this room's 
uh, cup size for man tits. I think I might. I think I might. I think I might have. You the best actually man have tits the now. big ones. I think I might have the high, the best man tits here. Now. So should the team? Here's Love the you, question. Here, here's the other question before we move on. So if this okay. team doesn't trust rookies on offense, mm-hmm. they don't really trust rookies on defense either. But go ahead. True. Should the team then look to spend more free agent dollars on the offensive side of the ball this year? I would argue that if it's not smart in the standing we're in right now, I would love for them to trade all of their draft picks to get veterans. Well, I, that sounds dramatic. I'm not kidding. I, I think right now I would love for the Bills to trade their first and second round pick and go get someone legitimate. I don't know. I, don't, I have nobody in mind for this. I literally have nobody in mind for this. <laughs> But you could find a player that is on the outs on their current roster. That's a how about Jerry Judy with a year left on his rookie deal plus his fifth year option. You go out and you trade a second round pick for Jerry Judy. How about well, that? How about at Oliver? At Oliver for Jerry Judy straight up? Yes. Or p- throw a less. pick. Throw a fucking less. pick. At Oliver in a fourth for Jerry hey, Judy. Chris, say can you less. throw that over here on this screen in front of us? What? Say uh, less. The, the whatever the, you're googling right now. I can see. Oh, the I can see. Yeah, spot track. Yeah. I'm having a hard time making He's got that. 74 computer screens. How are you expecting him to do all this? He did it, though. He did it. <laughs> he, he did literally it. Look, did it. Seamlessly. It's now so, in front of us. Look, yes. I, this, is, this is my decision right here. Oh, wait, wait. Is this his fifth year option? Okay. This is year four. He's got his fifth year option next year, which is $12 million. Take that to the bank if he's your number this two receiver. This is my point. There are moves to be made. And if you don't, like, this is an offseason where the Bills might have to get creative in order to help the offense. And to your point. Let's stop feeding the defense and start feeding the offense. This is a perfect way to do it. What if you traded Gabe Davis for Jerry Judy? I don't know what you I don't I don't care what it takes. There's moves out there to be made. And this is I guess the other thing cuz what you know what the Bills are going to do first. They're going to look in house and say who can we keep? The Bills like this Shakir idea should be their number 3. Their Shakir should be their number 3. I, I it's not This is why like the Gabriel Davis conversation is super interesting to me because I would be good if they traded Gabriel Davis this year. Because I bet you another team views him as a legitimate number two. We could do something that the Bills aren't doing with Gabriel Davis, and I might agree with them. I don't think they use Gabriel Davis in the right way. So what if you said, you know, well, they have Tim Patrick coming back from injury, right, who they like a lot, and they paid. And Jerry Judy's a young guy. They paid Cortland Sutton. Feels like, I don't know, I... Give me something. The, Give the me problem some with the NFL. To get excited about this the problem with the NFL season. is trades aren't as cool as they are in the NBA, and all of it's because of the contract structuring. The NBA, True. everything's guaranteed. You could trade contracts like it's nothing. You don't get you have dead cap hits when you trade in the yep. NBA. Yep. The NFL needs to figure it out because they should be imploring teams to trade more. We should have five huge trades every offseason. We should have. We're getting there. We are. We've gotten there. At We're the trade there. deadline, we've seen more trades at the trade deadline. Yep. But like, if I'm the Bills, that's how for me, that's how you go all in this year. It's not. And listen, like, I know Bruce makes a great point about like, if you're going to use assets on a wide receiver, make it in the draft because you need cost controlled players yep. for a good for for a handful of seasons that you don't currently have. And I agree with that. I think Khalil Shakir is a great example of that. I think Shakir, but that that right there, Jerry Judy, still cost control. So this this by the still way, cost controlled. Can we revisit something really quick? Isaiah Hodgins. Chris, can we revisit something really quick? Yeah. Where are we on the Hodgins versus Gabriel Davis conversation? It's way closer than it was a year and a half ago. I hate you. Yeah. Oh, I thought right? I was going to get out of this conversation right? without that being thrown in my like, face. I'm pretty sure that I'm, that's closer. And are the Bills in a better position if they have Isaiah McKenzie or Isaiah Hodgins? And I mean, does he actually do what he did on this roster? I don't know. I don't think we'll, so. We'll, I don't think so. But also, we'll never know. And that's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. Is that Chad Hall's fault? Is that... And that's my point. So when you see... 
you see the Shakir kind of slight over Isaiah McKenzie, who was not a great receiver last year, statistically, but analytically. But here's the thing about McKenzie. To the eyes. Use him right. <laughs> well, Use him the right way. Give him. Wait, so he can trip I over the goal the line again? I watched the Super Bowl, and so, you know how much I love Joe Marino, right? Yes. Like, I, lo- I well, think he's one of the elite tier. His tweet made me want to... F- Maybe want to go out and find out what the distance between road level on the Peace Bridge is and water level. And could I die if I jumped off of it? <laughs> because his tweet, I'll paraphrase, it's pretty close to saying, but like, oh, look what Andy Reid did in the Super Bowl. We're shocked that Ken Dorsey isn't as seasoned and is it, can't make the same creative play calls that Andy Reid can because he's been doing it for 30 years and he's been doing it for one. And I want to be like, yo, I, good point <laughs> about the experience, but also... How hard is it to do? How hard is open? it to do? Uh, uh, everybody copy other people that are smart. <laughs> do anything steal. other than to run now, Chris. No, my man yeah. Stephen Ruiz. My man Stephen Ruiz would tell me that the Bills are like twelfth in all vert, like full, like four vert level route combinations. They don't. It, everybody looks at this team and they're like, "Oh, the Bills must lead the league in four verts." I guess they really don't. Right by numbers, they don't. But the offense lacks any nuance. It lacks any east to west. It lacks any level of pre-snap window dressing. It just is, Josh Allen, go be a superhero, and I'll make money off of you. And I'm sorry, but like as a guy that pined for Ken Dorsey, I feel bamboozled. I feel, I feel fooled. It feels like I hired a guy, a really good sales guy, for a lot of money. And all he does is smoke his weed pen and does nothing at his desk for 40 hours. That's what it feels like I've got with Ken Dorsey. And for me, when I watch the Super Bowl, and as much as, yes, he is a first-year offensive coordinator, what is the, what excuse do you have? Because you're a first-year offensive coordinator. You can't do anything creative. You can't have emotion come into the backfield and then go out of the backfield and a, a little pass. Come on, man. I love you, Joe. Don't take it against me. I think you're brilliant. You, I think you're a handsome fella. You just turned into Charlie <sighs> Kelly describing the post office hierarchy. I fuck it. Chris, Chris, our podcast is the only one that can create moments like this. Like I've watched Food for Thought. I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen that. R.I.P. Food for Thought. I, I know. I listen. But, hey, hey. <sighs> well, let's pour one out real quick for the. Uh, pour one off. Pour one. Mm. So I never watched you freak out like that during your own podcast. I love Montucky's are fantastic. I love the fact that you come in here and save just this stuff for us. And I guess what I I look at is I say, okay, so now our offensive our offensive coordinator isn't great. So he's going to need all the fucking help he can get. You need a quality offensive line now, and you need wide receivers who can create on their own because your offensive coordinator is not going to be the the most nuanced individual. Is Leslie Frazier their assistant head coach? I, I think he is, right? No, but I also, I mean... I think he is. Here, The reason I'm bringing this up is the Bills missed a big opportunity to go get Jim Caldwell. Not to take over I not did. to take over uh, Ken Dorsey, but said to this in a have a senior offensive ago. assistant. Boom! Two weeks ago, I said the same fucking thing. I tweeted out that the Bills missed an opportunity to go get him uh, uh, somebody. Somebody to is. ride shotgun who was a veteran. I, I mentioned Jim Caldwell. Uh, there was two other people I mentioned, and then everyone got on my ass for it. And I said, "Listen, assistant head coach. This yeah. is why I don't. This is why I love Twitter. You all get mad, and I have no emotion about any of your thoughts because it's the internet, and I don't know you people. But he's going to need help. 
Now, with that in mind, yeah. inside or outside, do we retain the guys who were here last year because we have so many impending free agents? Do you keep your own, or do you try to branch out and find new blood when you consider how poorly this season ended? Now, here's what I'll Before say. Before you guys continue that, we have some breaking news. Oh, no. From my girlfriend. Sounds like there's some sort of domestic violence event happening down there <laughs> on Nate's recent blow-up. Uh, see, and this is why I love this podcast. I love the fact that there's people in this domicile <laughs> who are just upstairs going, what, what, is what on happening? earth is happening in my house? She should know by now. I've been here a few times. Yeah. She should be used to this. Look, at you do know that uh, fucking Flat Earthers coming back. You... You, I'll put a Seagram's on it with both of you. Bobby Hart will be back in a Bills uniform next year. And this is the type of shit I'm talking about. Uh, that's not a bet I'm interested in. That's no, just a, a low-profile bet. It's he's, like, he's the Keith I bet Richards. you Matt Barkley's back next no, year. Keith Richards and cockroaches. Like, they're the only things that survive. Do, I, do I not here. have any Seagram's bets that I'm that I'm owed? Oh, no. you, Sir, you have several you here. Have several <laughs> on the board. He has a whole roster well, of them. What so, do we have? Uh, Baker Mayfield MVP. From his second year, you still have five to drink. <laughs> I don't have any Seagrams, so we can't do this. Uh, from NFL TD Pass. I won that one. Uh, no, he's thrown an NFL TD Pass. You said oh, he, I said he wouldn't. Yeah. And then... Uh, oh, yeah. I love how happy you got for a second. So we do have it over there from Lauren. Oh, yeah. She gave us a beer bong. Yeah. Cook more snaps by week 15. Two flavored Seagrams in a beer bong. You... Wait, wait, wait. wait. What was you, the last one? I'm sorry. You said you would take two flavored two Seagrams, and you would put them in a beer bong, and do them through the funnel. I think you even said you'd I, soak an Arby's roast beef sandwich in it. He he was getting more snaps. And he was weekend. getting more snaps, which is why you don't have to do it. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I also won that bet with uh, Bruce Nolan. I, I know that. Bet I know you did. So cheers to you. And I mean, here's what, here's what I'll look at. The way that this team spends, we just talked about offensive linemen. You wouldn't be mad at it in the draft, but you're also saying trade the draft picks if you're going to retain. All Bean has ever done, and I go back to this all the time. Ahead in 2018, he was being asked by the local media, "What do you think about linemen?" Blah blah blah. Lineman philosophy. His thing was, "I like guys who I've seen do it in the NFL," and he's backed that up by literally just addressing the offensive line with a random draft pick here or there in the second right. or third round, and spending money on every shot in the dark UFA. That maybe he'll blow up here. Maybe this guy will succeed. Maybe this will happen. This guy's old, but maybe he'll fit. Has it worked? No. Uh, with Josh Allen at quarterback, he's had average to below average offensive line play almost every single season. There's been a winner too. He's got Mitch Morse, 2020 Daryl Williams, but everything else, you know, Spencer Long, Roger mm-hmm. Saffold. There's been a lot of flops. John Feliciano, who fucking didn't know. That they put a lot of Band-Aids on the offensive line. And a certain, like, is this the offseason where we see them try to no. fix that? Or do you think that they're so convinced that they don't need to? It's that not that they're we should convinced. prepare ourselves for an offseason of them doing more of the same. The problem is, is what are they doing to create the cap space good enough to go get a Dalton Risner? Well, this is it. Like, what? He's how, making 10 a year. How badly do you want this? How badly do you want it? You, know, you hear the comments. Hey, we saw Josh all banged up at the end of the year. And I think it, I think that UCL thing scared the shit out of both of them. Scared me. Not even for reasons of like, oh, my God, my season, not this. If Josh Allen goes down, both of those coaches go, oh, fuck. We, will you our job just became really exponentially quick, Chris, harder. Will, yeah. you pu- will you pull up this exact same table but the Kansas City Chiefs? Not 
leave this up, and I want it on another screen. All right. Here's, here's what I want to show you. Here's, here's what I want to go through really quick. Okay. The top five cap hits for the Bills and the top five cap hits for the Kansas City Chiefs. Perfect. All right. Seller cap table. Boom. Roll it down. Oh, uh, not yet. No. Oh, okay, oh, right, right. so here I'll we go. Throw it over. Okay, on number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number one, Josh Allen. Okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowls, so they yep. get they get the nod on that one. Yep. Okay, they get the nod, but it's close. That's that's probably the closest we'll see. Yep. The next one, Frank Clark, Stephon Diggs. Obviously, that's a checkmark. Bills. Yeah. Diggs. Well, they're even talking Clark. about cutting Frank Clark or releasing him right. for cap purposes. Right. But also, Frank Clark was one sack away from an NFL record for most sacks in a playoff. For most career sacks in the playoffs. So just consider that. Next one, Chris Jones, Von Miller. I go Chris, Chris Jones. Jones. Chris Jones is, and people will get mad when they hear this podcast. It's Chris, Jones. Chris Jones. It's not close, guys. It's not close. Joe Tooney's number four. Number four for the Bills, Tredavious White. Yeah. It's Joe Tooney. Yeah, it's Joe Tooney. It's Joe Tooney. Number five, Travis Kelsey. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Nope. Uh, Deion Dawkins. Obviously, it's Chris Kelsey. Let's go to number six. Justin Reed. Matt Milano. Okay, Bills get the check mark there. Yeah. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling. Okay, so let's just talk about their top five for right now. Short of Diggs over Frank Clark, it's not particularly close no. for the rest of them. No. That's the thing right now is the Bills are paying guys at the top of their cap. Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in football. Chris Jones, third best defensive defensive tackle in football. I don't even know if I'd put him third because you watch. I'm gonna put him shit. second. I I like that guy. I I'm hate put him. him second. I hate his guts. I'm gonna put him second. I think he's a fucking dirtbag, but that's also I'm gonna put why him I second. love him. I'm gonna put him second. Yes. Okay. Regardless, right? Joe Tooney, top five his position. I'd say he's in the top. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Travis Kelsey, best at his position. There's not another tight end. Out of those five, they have two of the number one players at their position, the number two player at their position, and maybe the number five player at their position. And the Bills are still trying to find it. Stephon Diggs, probably fifth, sixth at his position. Von Miller at this point in his career, 10, 12 at his position, maybe with his... Tredavious White, 10, 12 at his position. Deion Dawkins, 10, 12 at his position. I guess my point here is... Their cap allocation in their top five is to literally the best players at their position. And the Bills are like, yeah, they're really good. They're pretty good. But they're not the best players at their position. None of the players in the Bills' top five of their salary cap is the best players at their position. So They have so how do you two guys it? at the best player at their position. And the other guy is the number two best player at his so position. So how do you change this dynamic in this offseason? Uh, you in don't. This? You don't. Not, in, not in an offseason. You may never be able to change that dynamic. So then here's a question. What can the Buffalo Bills, so now as you're entering free agency and you're entering the draft, you have all these things in front of you, there's a lot of philosophies at play here. The Bills can stay the course and they can continue just feeding the defense and praying to God that one year the defense shows up in the playoffs. It can't be anymore. It can't be. But realistically, Chris, we would riot, right? Now that we have the numbers in front of us and we've seen this play out over three years, people would riot if you say, whoa, you're going to A, neglect our quarterback like that, B, you're you're gonna do, do it's like again talking about Mac and being dug in. Now I'm gonna start looking at Brandon Bean that way, and I'm gonna go. Wait a minute, you as a GM whose job is to make sure that your team is always vying for a Super Bowl or at least building towards one. I know there's 32 guys trying to do the job, but you have one of the golden tickets because your quarterback is fucking amazing. Yeah, you have a responsibility 
to at least be cognizant of your own previous biases, your processes, and revisit those. Because that's what the best GMs do, right? You figure out, how can I... I don't care what it takes. I will keep my team competitive. Right now, sinking all of your assets into the defense every single offseason has not produced you a championship. No, it hasn't. It hasn't even gotten you to the fucking Super Bowl, and your defense has been a doormat through those. While your offense has tried everything it can with underwhelming skill players and a bad offensive line to try to piece the rest together. Philosophically, it has to be a different season. I just don't know if they can, and I'm looking to you for some kind of hope that they might get there. I'm trying not to be pessimist Sunday, Drew. I'm trying to be the guy who just asks a couple probing are you, questions. Are you not trying to be, trying uh, to be Brian, Dab- Brian Dable? Brian Dable should be put uh, should be uh, have a cinder block tied to his to his ankle and thrown off the Niagara Falls thing. Is that? I mean, a part of me still believes we should have done that, if uh, nothing else. But then, huh? <laughs> huh. Interesting. So, so the question. By the way, I, I I know this was probably on camera. Uh, I was looking for the alcohol percentage of and this. You spilled it, and I went like this. I just want everybody to know. I, I'm a little, I'm tipsy. I'm not drunk, but like, that was an embarrassing moment for me. <laughs> you just spilled beer on the table. It was, it was on camera because I literally went like this. He tipped, he tipped it sideways. I did to read it. That's, f- yeah. I can see it on the table. This is amazing. Well, don't worry. I can find it. I love that we get these moments on the Rock Bar Report. But Ed, uh, as you drinking it off the table, that is I a true move. I can't get the uh, shot of that. Zoom in and make it a gif. So this Which is one. Me sucking it or sp- both. So, so if we're if we're if we're at this juncture where we're questioning, I would like that. Would like that. And this right. is where I'll close it because I know you have something to say about this. The biggest tell as to whether or not we are at the juncture of whether this front office is going to choose to be different, or if they're going to stay the course of what they've been doing for the last three years, comes down to Tremaine Edmonds. Mm. Are they going to do the thing where they free up a bunch of cap space, they do all these things Greg Thompson's talked about and Paul Wineski's talked about and everyone's talked about. We can make these moves. We have all this cap. And then take a bunch of it and sink it into arguably the guy who should be the most expensive free agent linebacker. Or do they say, listen, we think that there's other options out there for less money. There's other options that could be out there. And we are instead going to allocate those resources to the offense. This guy becomes kind of the litmus test for whether or not this front office is actually willing to change their approach in a single offseason. And there's people out there I know who are yelling at their radios going, Drew, if this guy was healthy and that happened, and if, if ifs and ands were pots and pans, I'd be fucking drunk on Delaware watching the fucking parade go by with Josh Allen, two fist and beers, and holding a Lombardi. But they're not. That's not the universe we live in. So now I'm questioning, what do you think (coughs) happens with Tremaine Edmonds? What do I think happens? (coughs) As I die over here. I'm going back to the cough drop and IPA combo. I've just never seen anybody do anything remotely close to a cough drop and IPA combo before. (laughs) It's like you've got to be... Strap in. Yeah. (sighs) How does that... Okay. Uh, anyway, it adds a little touch of honey. I do want to, like, later on, if you maybe want to cut this out, but maybe like this is this is your um, mom tucky. It's delicious. <laughs> um, like, if you want to maybe cut that separately, we can do that. Um, Tremaine Edmonds. He's the litmus test for whether or not this team I, has figured out who right. they want to be. I think that's right. 
I think that's right. Now, ask me two questions. Ask me what I think will happen, and ask me what I want to happen. At you, you pick which one you're going to go with first. What do you think is going to happen? I think the Bills are going to try to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. What do you want to happen? I want them to be as, as one of his biggest offenders, by the way. One of his biggest offenders. There's no way in hell that I want... Okay, let's really quick do some math. Quick maths. Matt Milano counts 5%. We round up 6% of the cap. Okay. Add in the fact that you think Tremaine Edmonds is probably going to make... 13? 15. So Tremaine Edmonds is going to get paid almost Von Miller money? So let's say 7% plus 6% is what? For you math folks out there. Yeah, I'm talking to one. It's 13%. It's 13%. So let's say they are paying the linebacker position 13%. Drew, can you pull up uh, the percentage of linebacker money in the league? I love that you called him Drew. Yeah. Uh, Chris. Andrew. I don't know how to do that. Oh wait, wait, go back. Uh, go, go to the, uh, go to the Bills positional spending. Go to yep. positional spending. Positional spending, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then go and down then to go the to linebacker. Jesus. Here we go. And then we're looking at six percent, and let's say it's thirteen. Can we check the league on that? On where that falls in the league? Uh yes. You got to be able to look at it. What are the, I bet Chris. you. Go wait, 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 no. No. Um, 13% of their, their... How about this? Because Chris, be... go up to the top and go to positional spending. That's where I'm at. Okay. So, no, just click, no, no, just click the top further. one. No, no, up further in up the actual further. header. Yep. Positional spending, right there. Right there. Right there. Right right there. The red line, red line, red line. Yeah, yeah, love, 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 there. Got it. Bang. All right, so now what you do is you scroll down. Well, so now what you can do is scroll down. Oh, my God. God, what are the Cardinals doing? <laughs> goes, Wait a minute, Jesus the- Christ! $21 million in line? Who is it? Yeah, the Cardinals and the fucking Falcons somehow are leading the NFL in linebackers. What is spending. this? What is this, Nate? Who? Who is that linebacker? What are they counting as linebackers? Are they counting rush linebackers? Chris, go up. Go up. I'm, I'm perturbed. I am so perturbed. No, Chris, no, that's an alphabetical. It's an alphabetical. Click like that. No, but the Cardinals are up there at $21 million. $67 million for the... Yeah. This is counting edge players. This is counting edge rushers. This is it not... Has to be. It this has is to be. not an accurate portrayal. Regardless. Chris. Yeah. Oh, my God. Point notwithstanding. Nate? The Miami Dolphins? Yeah, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, my God. What are these teams doing? <laughs> and so That's I how guess- I know there's edge in there. That's how... I- okay. So this I is digress. My- but, but this is my point. Doesn't looking at this sometimes as you and I sit here and scream into the ether, it gives us a little bit of perspective. Because you go, wait a minute, what the fuck are those teams doing? So as we sit here, I literally what are those? (laughs) We're we're getting mad about the Bills, and then we look at other teams and go, wait a minute, what the fuck is that guy? It's like, hey, my car is on fire. That guy's house is on fire. What the fuck is you? What did you do? That includes edges. I, I'm going I'm to die okay. on that hill. That has to okay. include teams that run 3-4. So, so, That's what it is. That's so, what it is. So with that in mind. Off-ball linebackers, the Bills, I bet you if the Bills had Edmonds and Milano at 13 and 15 respectively was about 12.5% of their salary cap, I would guarantee that's number one in the league for off-ball linebackers. Sure. 
their their defense yeah. is good, and it kind of becomes linebacker dependent. Now, and here's the, the, the McDermott defenses historically have been built around having two really good linebackers. And so this becomes again, if they don't retain him, do then we then have to sit here and fear running up to draft day that they're going to spend a top sixty pick on a fucking they linebacker? Top, they drafted a top. Oh. Top, yeah, 90 top 90 on Terrell Burnett. Don't he even stinks. get me started with Alfred. They... So this is my point. I, I think this you is could, again. Here, can, Malf- can I tell you my solution? The term Melfeasons. Milf, you have, you Milf have, seasons. You have de- you have neglected your <laughs> offense for too long. Unfortunately, Hashtag now you, Milf seasons. Now you as a coaching staff have to pay the piper. It's time for you to do the thing that you are uncomfortable doing. You have to neglect the defense now. The thing and that makes you have sweaty hands. It's time to pay the offense. It's time to divest yourself of some of these defensive players that you you went you traded up for in the draft that you were elated fell to you in the draft and you drafted them highly in the top top t- t- the first round the top sixty. It's time to let go because you've tried this and it hasn't worked. Mm. If they don't, it doesn't mean that they'll be a bad football team. No. in twenty twenty two, but what it means is their approach to free agency. Like how they approach this and these philosophies that we're talking about here tonight. This is going to be a very telling off season for the Buffalo Bills. The decisions that they make over the next three to four weeks are going to tell you how the next four, you know, three to four years are going to go. And ultimately, I think the results that the defense have put up in the playoffs, the way the playoffs have ended with a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Mm-hmm as they neglect the offensive line, neglect the skill positions, keep feeding a defense that just gets destroyed by the next elite quarterback that they run up against in the playoffs. If that continues, I don't know how much longer we're talking about any of this for. What do you mean? I'm just saying. You think they're going to get fired? No, but if you get four more years of not Super Bowl, does everybody keep their job? You'll get a Schottenheimer. (laughs) You'll get Schottenheimered, is what you're saying? Yeah, 14-2 and and then fired. So, so my idea is, wow, what a time! To be this alive. off season kind of sucks because, to me, I'm going. If there was ever a time to pivot, it's right now. Pivot right now. You still have assets. You still have the ability to get fifty million of cap space. That's going to get harder later. It's going to get harder next season. Yeah. And the season after. And the season after. I. If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it, Nate? If not now, when? Exactly. Guys, I don't know when that's going to be. The It's up to the Bills to show us when that's going to be. Mm. I'm hoping it's soon. Like, what would you do if there's an offensive revolution on this team? And they decide, hey, we're going to pour assets. Because we know, to your point, our offensive coordinator is not that great. We're going to give him every two. What if this stops being about, hey, let's give Josh Allen, the way they went out and traded a first-round draft pick for Stephon Diggs, saying we need to give Josh Allen a legitimate weapon. What if the answer becomes, hey, now it's about Ken Dorsey. And they go, well, we don't have any concerns about Josh. We know Josh is a rock star. This fucking guy, we need to give him the world so that he looks like an adequate, like like he's adequate at his job. You know what I'm going to do? I get some time. <clears throat> You're single. You have nothing but time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I think what I'll do, Zing. I think what I'll do is put together a list of... Every offensive coordinator from last year that is still the offensive coordinator and or play caller from their team. So, you know, like Shane Strachan, he left. He's now the head coach. I won't include him. But let's say there's 25 teams that have that are returning their play caller from last year. Mm-hmm. Do a power ranking. 
I'd like to see where that. Ken Dorsey falls of the 25. And that, there might be less, there might be more than that. Where he falls in that. Now, using statistics might make it different than using judgment. Sure. Because if you want to use statistics, the Bills were like the number three offense. They were the number two scoring offense. They were number like five passing offense. How much of that is like, it's like you're playing with a game genie when you're a little kid because you're like, oh, this Ninja Turtles game is really fucking hard. We're going to swim through the seaweed. But luckily, I have Josh Allen, so I don't have to worry about that because even if I call a shit play, he'll just make it It's like being Jay Cutler, but having Kristen Cavalieri as your wife, you know? (sighs) And it all comes full circle. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. You're a terrible singer. I love that you. is bullshit. I love you. I, I want you to know right now that <laughs> I won a karaoke contest one week, two weeks ago. With who? I'll come smoke those guys. I'll smoke you and them at the same time. Chris and Bruce? Bruce? Do you want me to try? Dude, I'll call, I've, I've been calling down the thunder for two years. I've been challenging Bruce to come in here. We will do a karaoke competition. In, I'm texting him right now. Uh, text him. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, we're not, we're, not, we're not leaving yet. When it, well, when it comes to... Singing and uh, Bruce and Drew, are you calling him? Yeah, I am. Oh, I love oh my God. Hold on. Wow. You're going to have to let him know immediately that he's on. He's on air. He's on air immediately. I hope he doesn't answer. Yeah. Nothing would be funnier than him screening your phone call. Oh, God. Uh, Bruce, uh, you're on live right now with uh, the Rock Power Report. I just wanted to make that known to you before anything else is said. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, Bruce. Bruce, we've t- we've had this conversation. I think I could take you in a karaoke competition, even though I you, you know I've been very flattering about the karaoke podcast. I still listen to it, <laughs> like the, the 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 acapella podcast that you and your wife put on, and the things that you've done. I'm appreciative of your t- your tone, your tenor, and I still think I could beat you in karaoke because I just got done saying I would mop up Nate. And he is full of shit that he Bruce. hangs out with. He's full of shit, and I just want to say right now that if there was a a duet and it was you and Chris versus me and Bruce, you would never recover. No. The, the public shaming that you received would break the very foundations of your soul. You would come out of it as someone who was so low-key and so demure that people would think you had a lobotomy. And on top of that, your wife would leave you. That's I don't know. I don't know. I've done a lot of things. The fact that she has left me already, I think we've already cemented Bruce, that's I, never there was, he, he besmirched me so badly <laughs> that I felt, I was like, you know what? I'm calling Bruce right now. Bruce, I, I, I want to get you on record. Me and you versus Chris and Drew in a karaoke competition. They can pick the song. Would dominate. All right, guys, the parameters have been set. We're going to do this this summer. You know what? That's the like equivalent of um, what Colin Hanks in Orange County and Jack Black, and Drew and I would be Jack Black. No. Lance. <laughs> yeah. Lance, yeah, you you would be, you and Bruce would be Colin Hanks. You, Lance, Handsome, successful, that's yeah. what we would be, and you yeah. guys would be, We'd be Jack, Jack Black, Black, who has yeah. lint in his belly button. Yeah, Lance, Lance, I need you to stay in your room. Why? <laughs> Because you're an embarrassment, oh Bruce. Uh, that's all I needed from you. Uh, we will uh, our our representation will be reaching out to their representation very soon about this competition. Sounds good. Thanks, Bruce. Catch later. Thank God, Bruce answered though. Uh, me and Bruce, <laughs> me and Bruce are good friends. So uh, of course he was going to answer my phone call. 
and humiliate you live on your own show. So you think I'm humiliated? Now I'm fired up. We're gonna nothing. We're gonna, nothing could humiliate you. I'm gonna hit you with "Cold as Ice" by Foreigner. So fucking hard. Cold as ice. Willing to sacrifice our love. All right. On that note, guys, we got to get the fuck out of this podcast. I don't even know what it's turned into. I think we've established that this is a big <laughs> off season. There's a lot of philosophical humps to get over. With Bruce Nolan doing a cameo on the show. I think that's about it. You can call this a fucking victory. <sighs> guys, I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. This is Nathan P. Geary. <laughs> that was Bruce Nolan out of fucking nowhere. And this has been your Rock Pile Report. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.